Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What you need to know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Loud out, what do you got? So I found a really cool story about three friends who have attended every Super Bowl and they're looking to do their final trip to the Super Bowl this year. They Why said, their final? Is it like because they're, sick or they're eight. No, but they're 80 years old and they don't oh. want to be traveling like that anymore. I don't blame them. 50, 55 straight Super Bowls and this will be 56. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So they, they were talking about how they were on the first AFL NFL World Championship that was held 55 years ago, about seven miles from where this one's going to be. Yep. And one of the guys said that he's not a Rams fan, but that he is going for the Rams because of Matthew Stafford. He wants him to get a ring. He goes, That's the closest that I'm ever going to see a Detroit Lions player get a ring. So he's really excited to see Matthew Stafford. And they were at the last Super Bowl, but they weren't able to sit next to each other due to COVID protocols. So they're excited that they're going to be together. Um, The oldest gentleman is 85 years old. He's the oldest of the group. And he said that he is excited for all of his friends uh, to be together and to see, hopefully, uh, L.A. win a championship. The other one is a Patriots fan. He goes, I'm not excited to see L.A. win. But I'm excited that my friend wants him to win. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I mean, cute. it seems like Matthew Stafford is a uh, very much a um, like a, a favorite here in this regarding like just random fans, fans who mm-hmm. don't have a dog in the fight. A lot of people are rooting for Matthew Stafford. It seems like I saw on social media today there was um, merchandise that said Detroit Rams. Meaning, I did like, see that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like, come on. Like, like the, the, I mean, the, that the, seems a little uh, uh, excessive. Well, right. I think it's nice um, but, that but, somebody did that. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I mean, but I remember, I, I, a lot of people are rooting for him. I get that. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't. I mean, it wouldn't happen in the reverse, is what I would say. Right. But I, I remember a few years ago, and somebody would have to fact check me on this because when I say I remember it, that means I'm probably about seventy percent. So here it goes. Do you guys remember when? Um, there was a hockey player who played for the Boston Bruins. He left the Bruins. I, I don't know anything about hockey, but he went to the Colorado Avalanche. They won a Stanley Cup, and he took it back to Boston where he was, like, celebrated as if as if Boston had won it because he was their guy. I think it was Ray Bork. Somebody fact-checked me. I think I'm close. I think that could happen here. In other words, if Matthew Stafford and the Rams win the Super Bowl, Stafford might actually find himself going back to Detroit where he was a loved member of the community and Lions fans know they'll never sniff a Super Bowl. This may be their closest thing. So I just wonder if if Stafford winds up, if he wins, taking the Lombardi Trophy back to Detroit and Lions fans celebrating as if their guy won. Mm. You don't, don't buy that, huh? No, not really. Not really. But uh, moving on from that weird stuff, I don't know. I, don't, I wouldn't see him doing that. I don't. I mean, I could be wrong, right? But do you, I don't know. You can't just, see Stafford doing that? I just or you don't. you can't see fans saying, hey, great, you won a Super Bowl with somebody else. Well, I, look, it's not like, 
Lindsay, when LeBron left, I'm sure she cried like, and Cleveland cried when LeBron finally won, <laughs> and not in like a good way. You know what I mean? Like, right? Like Lindsay, I'm correct. Like you were probably really mad when he finally won. She's Lindsay. on the phone, guys. Oh, Sorry, okay. that's why I turned so, off my mic too. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. my bad. Yeah. But I did want to say something really Somebody quick. D- yeah, you should have just told us earlier that she was. There well, I mean, she thing. wasn't okay. there until you got. As, Okay. Right, of course. Anyways, we I'm just so, saying somebody tell me you, when I say Lindsay that she's not available. You know what I'm saying? Okay, well, I just wanted to say that in this story, they talked about how they paid $2,500 for a Super Bowl ticket, which I didn't think that was that bad, actually. This year? Yes, compared wow. to like some of the prices that I'm kind of seeing on the resale market. Oh, dude. But it's 400 times more than a ticket that they paid back in 1967. <laughs> yeah, well, I would imagine, yeah, it's definitely way more than Back that. in 1967, we only paid a quarter. <laughs> there um, he is. L- Lindsay, I mean, the Detroit people being happy for Stafford is different. Like, they were okay with him leaving. Like, you were probably furious when LeBron won a championship. Yeah, and in fact, I was going to say, but I didn't want to embarrass people in Cleveland, there was a, a group of people in Cleveland that were not rooting for anyone, but like they were rooting against LeBron so badly when the Heat played against the Mavs in the finals that they were calling them like the Mavaliers because they wanted them to lose because they did not want to see LeBron win a ring. Well, meanwhile, also in that second finals against Oklahoma City, there were a lot of Seattle fans rooting for the Heat. I remember being at those games and because they hate the the Thunder for taking their team. I mean, so I, I've seen it that way, too. Yeah, I get it. I mean, and I, I know that there's, like, a lot of Lions fans, and I saw, like, Dan Wetzel from Yahoo yeah. wrote a column about how, like, Detroit is really rooting for Matthew Stafford. I get it, but I also feel like like the Detroit Rams, I don't know, like the whole T-shirts and stuff like that is a little bit much. I actually think yeah. it's funny. I would wear that. I think Bro, you would. Yeah, you exactly. Would. We're not surprised. You would totally wear that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, like I think we're the not... Detroit Rams is funny. I think well, it's would you wear something that had, like, the Chargers in it? Never. Oh, you would. Never. If it gets you somewhere on TV. Never, ever, (laughs) ever would I wear anything with the Chargers because just to your point, George, about fan bases rooting for or rooting against, anybody who used to be a San Diego Charger fan is rooting for Matthew Stafford and the Rams because if the Rams win this Super Bowl, not only can they eventually, I believe, take over L.A. as the football team of L.A., overtake the Raider fans, but they'll bury the Chargers. And that's what former San Diego Charger fans are rooting for, for the Rams to win, to completely bury the Chargers. <laughs> and believe me All when right. I tell you, right. I'm the that leader is what of that group. To, what you need to know, brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Uh, so there's Laker drama we'll get to in a second, but let's finish this off here. You said uh, the, the more and more the week has gone on, you felt more and more that the Bengals can win this. I mean, look, I've always felt the Bengals could be in it for sure. There's a reason it's only a four-and-a-half-point spread. Um, it, there's a reason if I had if you asked me what I would bet, which we'll do in the next segment, so we'll get to that. Um, I'll, I'll leave that for that. Um, I, let's just say that, uh, you know, I, I've had to rack my brain a little bit because I, I, I would agree that it might be a close game. Um, and if you think it's a close game, yeah, they got a shot. They've been really good. Uh, I put the stat out when they won, you know, what is it now, two weeks ago or whatever, where they've won three games in the playoffs by one score. All the other teams that have done that in the postseason have all won the Super Bowl. But I think that, again, the clock strikes midnight on these guys. 
Um, I, I think the, Ram- the Rams are just better. Don't you think that there's a little bit something to like the whole pressure conversation that you guys were having with like all the pressure on, in the world on Matthew Stafford and the Rams? And, you know, the Bengals are keeping it loose and everyone's like, oh, we're kind of just happy yeah. to be here. I feel like in other sports, like in the past, like that has gone a really long way. And there's a lot of teams that just like fed off of that and it allowed them to like overcome everything and win because they yeah. didn't have any expectations on but them. But I would say the difference there between that and some of these other teams, that, by the way, some of these other teams that, that have won those close games, if you look back, they've got like Hall of Fame teams like like not just the quarterback like like just a really crazy good teams um so like I look at the Bengals and yeah I think Joe Burrow's gonna be really good I think Jamar Chase is gonna be really good like those guys you know they're super young but could they be Hall of Fame caliber players they're Hall of Fame caliber talents already you know if they have a a substantial career yes but, you know, Joe Mixon's a really good running back. I don't know if he's a Hall of Fame running back. Their offensive line stinks. Their defense is good, but not, like, great. Like, I, I just think that the Bengals have been, you know, they, they've been getting by on Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase being awesome. And now they're going to face a team that can make them pay for that because their strength on defense is their pass rush, and they have arguably the best corner in the sport. So I, I just think that that becomes a problem for the Bengals. Right. And and look, if if the Bengals offense and the Rams offense, let's just say they're close, you know, quarterback for quarterback. One's got more experience. One's young and he's a hot shot. They've got a great wide receiver with the Rams. I mean, like a true number one best wide receiver in the NFL. And the Bengals have an up and coming superstar who's only in his rookie year. Running the football. They both got running backs. All these things are kind of, you know, they could be negated. The offensive line of the Rams is better than the offensive line of the Bengals, and the offensive line of the Bengals gave up nine sacks against the Tennessee Titans, and they still won the game. They're not going to be able to handle this Rams defensive front. So, look, without being overly analytical, the best unit on the field is going to be the Rams pass rush and the Rams defensive front. And so that's where this game should be won because when you look at Cincinnati's defense, there's not one guy on the defense – whose name you know. And, I mean, everybody knows Aaron Donald's name. Everybody knows Vaughn Miller's name. You know, everybody knows Jalen Ramsey's name. There's not one guy on the Cincinnati defense that you know. So, again, I think the Rams should win. I think they're the better team. They've got the big stars. They are in their hometown. They are in their home building. But there's just something in my gut that that is very, very worried. I don't think this is foregone. I don't think this is some blowout. I think this comes down to every other playoff game. It comes down to a walk-off. All right, here's the deal. Um, we were going to do the prop bets and the and the, you know kind of our picks for the game. We'll, we'll save that for the last yeah, segment. Let's save it. Let, let's let's save it for the last segment because in the next segment, I want to get to the Lakers drama. Yeah. Uh, because there's 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 a new one. Just when you thought there wouldn't be one, there is a new one. Um, and this one's not good. I'm telling you, not good. On as Cap and I have discussed on multiple levels. So we'll explain that if you're just tuning in for the first time. And Russ is throwing more shade at Vogel, which we'll get to momentarily as well. So we'll do the picks and the prop bets in the last segment. We got big deal or no deal at 630. And don't forget, this is it. This next segment, the winner for the tickets for the big game 
That's going to be announced in the next segment, so stay tuned for that. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Thank you, Christopher. We have been qualifying people forever for this. It is as big a prize as we've ever given away here on this show and this station. And we've got a bunch of qualifiers on the line. We've got a ton of lines and we've got a group of them on the line. And I'm going to reveal Cap, Laura, and Lindsay who this person is. Cap, are you ready for me to reveal? I am reveal so the ready for this, dude. I mean, I can't believe it. Somebody is going to the big game with tickets that were given them. I, this is unbelievable. I wish I could win this thing. Okay. Here we go. Looking here. I've picked out the name. The winner is James Heineman from Pasadena. No way. He, he is... No way. He is the qualifier on the line for the 710 Super Ticket Giveaway. James, oh how you feeling, James? Oh, my God. Wow. Oh, my God. This is, I'm so happy. Oh, wow. That's just incredible. Well, James, <laughs> guess what, man? You are going to the Super Bowl. You are going to the big oh my game. God. Oh, I'm shaking. Oh, my God. Thank you guys so much. Such a big fan of you guys. I literally right now feel like, Kevin Garnett just won the won the uh, championship. Like anything is possible. Oh my God! Wow, James, who you taking? You know, you know, initially I have a four year old son. I was thinking, you know, that would be awesome to take him for the memory, and then I just feel like it might be a long day and really loud. So still contemplating, but uh, I, I'm not 100 percent yet. Hey, I'm free on Sunday. You could take me. <laughs> What was that? I said I'm free on Sunday. You can take oh, me, James. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh, guys. What's going on behind you, dude? I mean, does everybody in the house know what's going on here? Yeah, my wife, is. she's listening on the radio, and I'm giving my two my two boys a bath right now. I got a four- and a one-year-old. Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, listen, James. Congr- where? Yeah, listen, I, I, I lived in Pasadena. I love the town. I'm happy we gave it to you. Uh, you know, we have a lot of listeners who qualified, and, you know, you were the lucky winner. So congratulations. And who is sending you to Super Bowl 56? ESPN 710 LA, baby. Love you guys. Yes, sir. We love you, too. Put him on hold. Congratulations, James. James Heineman from Pasadena, man. Man, oh, man, he needs a babysitter on Sunday. Seriously. Take the wife. Yeah, yeah seriously. Yeah, four-year-old kid. I mean, come on. He's a little kid. He's not. Yeah, that's too little. No, you got to get a babysitter, dog. Yeah. No offense, kid. I know you're going to get mad at me in a couple of years probably, but, you know. No, no. This is. Take the wife. mean. Yeah, you take, take the, the wife, wife, bro. No, the wife, dude. Yeah. See if, yeah, get a babysitter, you know, have fun. Go go do it up. Oh, man. Wow, that, that was so fun. cool. That is. Yeah. George, you know what, man? Like. The Super Bowl comes to your hometown. Gosh, you would just love to go. It'd be so great. 
tickets are impossible to get. And even if you had, you know, just a couple bucks, they're so unaffordable, you know, to, to be listening to the station all day long and then call and qualify and then find out you're the winner while you're giving your kids a bath. Oh, man, I got goosebumps right now thinking about it. I'm so happy for the winner. James, congratulations, man. Enjoy it. Represent, dude. That is so cool. That is pretty damn cool. Um, Now, what's not cool is the Lakers have more drama. So, (sighs) Cap, it it, it just, you know, it's funny because we said, you know, James Worthy saying he was rock bottom of rock bottoms, basically, uh, after the Portland loss. And then we find out, and Laura, if you can have the the Dave McMiniman sound here ready in a second, the um, yesterday was the trade deadline. We talked a lot about how they didn't do anything, and you know we you know I've been telling you about the morsels cap that I've been kind of putting out there, and the morsels are hey you know maybe there's not a lot of alignment going on between LeBron's camp and which is also AD's camp and and the Lakers, and yesterday. During his press conference about the trade deadline, Rob Palinka, and I'm paraphrasing, basically said, look, there was uh, no net positive move to be made. And, you know, just so you guys know, like, you know, of course, as always, you know, LeBron and AD and I were lock and step on this thing. Which, by the way, when he says that, Cap, because historically that has been the case, right? Like, nobody bats an eye, right? Nobody thinks anything different, right? Until some smart reporter calls over to his contacts inside LeBron and AD's camp and goes, so you guys satisfied with what Rob had to say? Yep, and, and that reporter's our pal Dave McMiniman, and here's what he said on SportsCenter about that. Rob said that he was trying to weigh the short-term and the long-term for this franchise, and that's ultimately why when the Rockets wanted the Lakers to include a first-round pick, talks fizzled. When there was the three-team discussion between the Raptors and the Knicks and a first round compensation was desired talks fizzled but Rob Plinka also said that ultimately there was alignment between him LeBron James and Anthony Davis to not make a move now things get interesting here where I am told from a source familiar with LeBron and Anthony's thinking is that that is quote totally false Hmm. that there was no conversation between uh, Rob Palenka, LeBron, and Anthony Davis on Thursday. There was no go-ahead of an okay to have inaction at the deadline. And so where things stand right now, that tells me that it's not just problems what you're seeing on the court with the Lakers losing six out of eight, but there's problems off the court between an alignment, as Rob Palenka termed it, and his leaders on this team. I mean, that's bad, dude. Like, that's bad. Bad, bad, bad in every which way. Yeah, I mean, the 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 notion that Palinka says to the media, we had conversation, me and my guys, my leaders, the guys who aren't going anywhere, the guys who we build around, and they all understood. I mean, this is, again, I'm, I'm sort of paraphrasing and adding to it now, but they got it. Like, there's no move to be made. We got to decide long-term, short-term, and are you guys cool with us not doing anything? And according to Rob, LeBron and AD were like, yeah, we got it. We got it. You know, this gets us back to yesterday, George, when Ramona was in studio Mm -hmm. and she was saying that management ultimately looked at LeBron and AD and said, hey, guys, this is the roster you wanted. There's still 30 games to go. Like, get out there and figure it out. 
And so now there's like all this conflicting reporting and potential information. And man, you know, you, you thought things were bad on the floor to McMinniman's point. It's not just how they look on the floor. They're losing to Portland, a team that, as James Worthy described them, like a YMCA ball club. You're not only losing to a terrible team, which you've lost to terrible teams all year long, but now one superstar doesn't like the coach and two superstars don't agree with the general manager who said that they did. Rock bottom on the floor, but rock bottom off the floor. This is turning uglier than I thought it could actually turn. Yeah, and and again, remember I told you a couple days ago, you know, well, actually going back weeks ago when Charles Oakley, or two weeks ago now when Charles Oakley said, oh, LeBron will leave again. He's done it. He'll do it again. And I was like, oh, I don't buy that. LeBron's not leaving the Lakers. And then two days before this, I said, I, I, don't, I no longer believe that to be for sure. Now, again, I wasn't saying LeBron is leaving, um, but I'm like, do I believe 100% he will stay with the Lakers um, the rest of his career? And again, everyone assumes he may want to play with Bronny, and I'm not talking about that. I, I don't think it's 100% anymore. I'm going to leave that window cracked open just a little bit because I I, I, I feel like this stuff, it, it, this stuff adds up. You know, when, like, the relationship gets tested like this, where it's like the GM says something in public and it gets refuted like this, um, that's that's not good, is what I would say. Right. And again, not to say that none of this is repairable. It could it, it, this all this could be repairable fairly easily, I think. But it, it's just not good, is what I would say. If I'm LeBron and I'm now furious, because again, look, there's guys like me who think LeBron is kind of the puppet master behind all of this anyway. You know, who, who, there's guys like me who believe LeBron is the person who said, we're going to get Russ. We're going to do this. And we need a big three. And so Russell Westbrook's our go-to guy. We played with him in the Olympics. We know him. We like him. We can work this out. And so LeBron, though, a couple weeks ago, George, when there was all this talk about Coach Vogel potentially being fired, and people were asking LeBron about it like as if he's going to make the decision, LeBron said, I'm not in that business. But wait a second. This week with the trade deadline, LeBron was saying things like, well, um, the trade deadline's coming up and we'll do anything we can do to get better. And then the Lakers didn't do anything to get better. And then the general manager says, LeBron essentially okayed us not making any transaction. So if LeBron's not in this business, and he's trying to distance himself from decision-making and roster-building, but then the general manager comes out and says, we asked LeBron, he said it was fine, and LeBron says that's absolutely not true, but LeBron's not going to say that. He's going to, I assume, use somebody in his camp to plant the story, essentially, giving the, the information to Dave, and then Dave puts it out there. And I just wonder, you say it's repairable. I do wonder, because if it's not repairable, I would say... LeBron's going to win this this battle, and that would mean Palenka would be out, not LeBron. Correct. Now, actually, I'll take that back. I don't know that for sure. One would assume that that would be the case, but I don't know. I don't if because that would be a decision that Jeannie Buss would have to make. Well, and and look, so like 
the stuff with Russ and Vogel, Jeannie Buss not getting involved in that stuff. Okay? That's not that's not her domain. But if her star players and the general manager have an issue, that's her domain. That's where she can step in to try to potentially re- create create whatever reconciliation needs to be created in that situation. That That is more her forte. The deal between the Lakers and LeBron yeah. is between Jeannie Buss, the actual owner, and LeBron, the CEO of his own company. That's the relationship. CEO to CEO. From Jeannie to LeBron. Rob Palenka is simply an employee. So if if LeBron is is one company and the Lakers are another company and it's CEO to CEO and LeBron says to Jeannie, look, um, I really, really am pissed about what he said. We did not have this conversation. I did not sign off on this. And how dare he go public and say that I did. Listen, Jeannie, he's your employee. But if you don't get rid of him, then you know what? Maybe I'm just going to shut it down for the remainder of the year. Or maybe I'm going to take more nights off next year. You want to win? You want me all in? Then I have to be surrounded by people that I can trust, and he just violated my trust. I, I mean, he did. He definitely happening. did violate his trust. Like, I, I don't think it would get to that, but I, I'm just saying, like, that trust needs to be mended. Yes. I... I I'm with you. I, I don't want to go all that far on that limb. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's that that's a limb I'm not I'm not willing to stand on. I'm way out um, here on this limb. Way out yeah. here. It's weak too, but, by the way. But I'm not I'm not summarily dismissing you. I'm not saying that it's crazy. Because usually you know me. I will say, Oh, come on, stop. Like I I'm not. I'm not doing that, but I'm also not ready to go out there yet. Yeah. Well again, trust is everything. Oh, it's huge. It's paramount. In a, rela- in a relationship like this, yeah. trust is everything. If LeBron has lost trust in Rob Palenka because he, think, he thinks Palenka put words in his mouth that yeah. never came out of his mouth yeah. and did it publicly, this could yeah, turn I'd be into pissed an explosive about that. situation. Yeah, I'd be pissed about that. Yeah, and, and AD should be pissed about that too. I mean, not just LeBron. Uh, you know, and look, this isn't Russ saying the thing he said about when asked about his back, which, by the way, you know, has a larger context to it, right? Like, he was talking about um, his back situation, and in said back situation, he said that um, he used the phrase, I'm not accustomed to sitting down for long stretches. Um, and the the reporting em- emphasized that because he knew what he was doing when he said that. Now, he did go on to elaborate about uh, like, you know, getting up and moving quickly, it kind of stiffens up a bit, uh, blah, blah, blah. But when he used that particular phrasing, considering yeah. he's been taking already taking shots at the coach, like everyone knows that there's an intent behind using that particular phrase. But this isn't th- – so those are different situations, but both drama-filled that will have to be resolved in some way, shape, or form. Right, because really what you have is you have Russell Westbrook, superstar player in his career, by the way, not now – but in his career, who thinks I've already earned the right to be a closing member of what happens here in the final seconds of a game. My career speaks for itself. Whereas the coach is like, no, I'm trying to win games, and he doesn't feel that's the case. Right, but- and, now, and now not only do you have the Russell Westbrook versus Frank Vogel, now you have LeBron versus Rob Palenka. So it was, one, it was a controllable situation when you had player versus coach, but now you've got the superstar against the general manager. There, there's a lot of fires kind of yeah. like – Coming, you know, blazing in 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 El Segundo right Four now. Four alarms. All right. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, well, close, maybe. Uh, all right, big deal, no deal next, and then we'll do our big pick segment with all the prop bets and all that stuff uh, in a moment. Stick around. We're back in two minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Thank you, Christopher. All right, Linz, big deal or no deal. What do you got? Well, you know, we had some conversations about, you know, guests this week for the Super Bowl, blah, blah, blah. Not to get too in behind the curtains, but Al Michaels was brought up both on Mason and Ireland and by one Scott Kaplan. Really wanted to talk to Al Michaels this week. And while we do not have Al Michaels as a guest, I'm going to give you a little big deal or no deal on Al Michaels, okay? So you'll get your fill. At least I hope so, Cap. Okay, thank you. You so know we, I love Al. I know. So you love Al so much. We all do. And so when you hear Al... Call his 11th Super Bowl on NBC on Sunday. Take a moment to appreciate the legend. Because it might be the last time he calls a Super Bowl or perhaps any NFL game on traditional network TV. Mm -hmm. NBC is expected to replace Michaels with Mike Tirico on Sunday Night Football next season. But Al, good old Al at the age of 77, is not ready to retire. And of course, he's still at the top of his game. So is it possible that Sunday's Super Bowl could be the last game he ever calls? Well, he said, quote, I hope not, and I don't think it will be, when he talked to Bob Costas last week. He said, my contract ends after the Super Bowl with NBC, and at this point, I feel great. I still love what I do. My health is good. I still want to continue to do this next year for sure. Michaels has an offer to call Thursday games for Amazon Prime, which next season they're going to take over the package from Fox. And a lot of people think he's going to take that job. Is Al Michaels likely leaving NBC a big deal or no deal, Cap? I'm going to say it's a big deal because you got to understand something. Here we are, and we're going to have the Super Bowl on Sunday, and we also, just by chance, we have the Winter Olympics going on right now. In 1980, when Al Michaels said, do you believe in miracles? Yes. I'm a 10-year-old kid, and I hear that. And, you know, a lifelong sports fan, but also a lifelong Al Michaels fan. I have been so, so lucky to have gotten to know Al Michaels on a somewhat personal level. Um, when Al Michaels calls me or emails me, I'm like, I, I just can't believe this guy knows who the hell I am. I had that same admiration and love for Dick Emberg, the great Dick Emberg, who died at 81 years old and was still going strong. Here's the thing that happens with these guys, and I say these guys, sportscasters who can just never give it up. They've made millions. They've got great lives. They've got families. 
the sport is the addiction. And it's not about their fame. They're not about themselves. They're about the games themselves. So Al Michaels moving to a different kind of a platform, to me, a streaming platform, is a very big deal for a 77-year-old broadcaster. And I just hope we continue to hear his voice. Um, do I believe it's his last game? I'm swiping left on that. Oh, no, uh, wrong, wrong game. game. Ah, um, kidding. Is it a big um, deal or, or no deal? No, that, of course know. it's a big deal. No, I mean, he's like an icon. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, he is the soundtrack to my life as a football fan, basically. I, I mean, there's not another person that I think of in the National Football League, no disrespect to Joe Buck, who's great or Jim um, in Nance his own right. Yeah. But he's not – but, you know, Joe Buck took this over when I was already an adult. You know what I mean? Like, Al Michaels, to me, indicates big game. Right. Just like right, right. for many, many years – the same thing could be said for Marv Albert, right? Mm-hmm, when I was mm-hmm. watching the NBA growing up, and he was the, the, the soundtrack to my youth watching yep. the NBA. So in much that same, like in that same way, that's Al to me. So I don't think it'll be his last, to Scott's point. Um, I think it's going to be Amazon, although apparently ESPN has had a conversation with him, um, which would be awesome if he came back to work ESPN and ABC, uh, back to Monday Night Football, whereas, which is where I first Saw Al as a kid, you know, Monday Night Football with Dan Deardorff and um, and Frank Gifford. So yeah, like I, I I I love him. I love everything about him. I think he's awesome, and I hope that we see more of him. So I have I have a quick question here. I mean, the fact that if he does go to Amazon, obviously it's probably safe to say that most of the people that are going to be watching NFL on streaming services are probably they probably skew far younger in general, than people that watch it on traditional TV, right? Likely. Perhaps. Most likely, right? Yeah. I, I would say it's probably a fair assessment. Do you think that NBC, like, are they making a mistake, like, by, you know, by letting them walk away so early? Do you think that this is really the time? Well, for- if he goes on, like, here's the thing. This is the challenge, right? So he goes to Amazon, which will be awesome down the road, it's going to be like the NFL is not going to give them. They're going to give them that Thursday night package that, you know, the NFL network used to get, which is before Fox and CBS and all these networks got involved, which is going to be like, I don't know, Jaguars, Titans. Right. But it, you would, know what I mean? it would potentially and he's not going to call a Super Bowl right. after that. Yeah. Right. This would be his last Super Bowl. Whereas if he comes to ESPN, there's still an outside shot when ESPN ABC gets um, a Super Bowl in 2025 or 2026 that he can call that. It's only three or four years away. You know, the thing I've heard is that the reason that NBC is doing this is because they signed Tarico to eventually be the heir apparent to Al Michaels, and Mike's great, uh, but they also signed Drew Brees, and in Brees' contract, if he's not the analyst on Sunday Night Football in, a, like, I think it's a year or two from when he started, so this was his first year with NBC, then, then Brees becomes a television free agent. So NBC's got to balance whether or not they want Tarico and Breeze to take over now from Michaels and Collinsworth. I think that's crazy that they're going to bail on Al Michaels just because of Drew Breeze. Yeah, because Drew Breeze is just not that great. Drew Breeze not that good. You know, just, <laughs> no. not, Collinsworth is way better than Drew Breeze. Easy decision, in my opinion. But hey, whatever. I don't. I'm not. You know, I'm. I don't make the the rules here. Yeah, I mean, listen. I'm sure Drew's a nice guy, and I'm sure he'll get. He could get better. But the few times I've seen him do games have been just like, I mean, it's fine. Like, no, it's he's not a like- great guy, but but Collinsworth is an experienced broadcaster at this stage of the game, right? And Breeze is a rookie, 
And um, he's no NBC Tony might, Romo, that's for sure. No, he's not Tony Romo. And right, NBC and we saw might, Tony Romo. Be, and by the way, we saw Troy Aikman be good right out of the gate. You know, he didn't get the fanfare Tony Romo got, but Aikman was good. Yeah. Um, it might be a case where NBC says, you know what, we don't think Breeze is as good as we thought he was going to be, so let's not do that. I actually think the guy who's going to be really good is a, other, another guy you covered uh, extensively, Philip Rivers. I don't think Philip Rivers will ever be a TV personality. But if he wanted to, I think he'd be good at it. Yeah, he's a great talker. He's a fast talker. He's got a lot of strong opinions about stuff. He's real knowledgeable. He's excitable. But I don't think he'll ever do it. Do you guys ever see uh, Joe Thomas on NFL Network? He's great. He's funny. Yeah, but you can't put... No, no, no. I I only only bring him... No, no, no. I only bring him up because um, the Browns play-by-play announcer... Uh, or the color analyst Doug Deacon recently announced that he was retiring after the season and so now there's an opening there and a lot of people think that Joe Thomas is going to get that job and I think he'd be great what job? there's the color analyst of the Browns for the radio I think he'd be great at that I like Joe Thomas on NFL Network not that you guys care but yeah you know yeah, right. I thought we were giving Joe Thomas like a big network job. No, 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 no. I mean, you know, maybe down the road. I think he's fantastic. He's very good. Yeah, he just doesn't but, have the cachet. You know what no, I mean? No, no, no. Definitely not. But yeah, I mean, he's great on NFL Network. I think he'll be great on Browns Radio. Yeah, I like. Yeah, it. Well, he's right. very good. He's very good. But so yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying, Sedano. So There's not a lot on. of offensive linemen doing games other than my boy Stink Mark Schlereth, who's great, obviously. There you go. You know. But Joe Thomas is one in a million. He's all, there's also not a lot of uh, first ballot Hall of Famers that are often. No, no, I well, agree. I mean, you know listen. I'm, I, right, but Joe Thomas can be like the guy you put on like the third team on Fox or yeah. CBS. Yeah, for sure. Hey, speaking of Hall of Famers, I'm just going to take one second. Shout out to my dear friend, Tony Baselli, a former great USC Trojan, <laughs> yes. who yesterday made it into the Pro Football <laughs> Hall of Fame. So happy for Tony. I was yeah. with him yesterday on Radio Row. Yeah, he's I very saw your good. Interview with him. Yeah, he's very he's, good on radio. By the yeah, way, I hear great. him on radio all the time. He is yeah. great. He loves it, man. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of uh, Radio Row. Yeah. Maybe not so much, but uh, former Bengals quarterback Carson Palmer mm-hmm. has some interesting thoughts on Joe Burrow. Of course, Palmer was making the rounds this week, probably on Radio Row with Cap, and when he was talking to NBC, Palmer said of Burrow, "Quote." I think Joe's going to sit back after this game, win or lose, and be like, man, am I really going to re-sign with this team? Are they willing to do what it takes to continuously build to get back to the next Super Bowl? Next year and the year after that and the year after that, how are they willing to structure salary cap-wise to be able to afford me and some of the other guys? Um, End quote. Super weird timing for him to be asked just like a general question about Joe Burrow's future. Like, you know, right, right, right ahead of the Super Bowl. He's going to give this weird comment about that. And given his exit with the Bengals, I guess a lot of a lot of people weren't very happy with what he said. Mm-hmm. So do you guys think what he said about Joe Burrow is a big deal or no deal, Cap? No deal. Um, Carson Palmer has a, um, has a way of kind of dropping these sorts of things. Wasn't it a few weeks ago? He did ago? the USC thing, but he right. was wrong about that, right? Right. He had, he had, he had Mike Tomlin Mike going Tomlin. to USC. Mike Tomlin, yeah, yeah. Who knew Carson Palmer had all these hot takes? Right. Um Carson Palmer is just speaking from his own experience. Like, he was part of the Bengals when the Bengals were actually good every year. Now yeah, Ocho Cinco games. and TJ Ushmanzada and, yeah. and so, Corey Dillon. Right, and he he looks at that organization and he goes, look, we just got lucky. We had a lot of good players. We had a good coaching staff, and we won a bunch of games. But the organization has been traditionally known as one of the cheapest in football. And so his his point is a good one, which is, look, they got a bunch of good players right now, and they got a hot young coach, but – are they really willing to do what it takes financially, like the Rams are, long term? And I don't think they really necessarily are. At least their ownership hasn't been traditionally. So I think it's no deal. 
Yeah. All right. That is Big Deal No Deal each and every day at 630. Uh, coming up next, last segment coming up, we'll do our picks for the game. And then uh, Lindsay's got a bunch of prop bets, uh, goofy prop bets that she's going to ask us. And we'll do all that to wrap this thing up. Incredible voice. Trying to think about where do broken hearts go? You're I mean, about you to find, find out. <laughs> soon enough, yeah. <laughs> you guys think that maybe it's possible that maybe, you know, people who break up before Christmas, they're like, you know what, I'm going to break up with her. She's going to break up with me. We should do it before the holidays so we don't waste a lot of money on each other kind of thing. Is there any chance that with Valentine's Day Monday and with my birthday next week? That's not that- a thing. It's not a thing? No, especially not in your case. <laughs> what do you mean it's not in my case? I mean, like, if you're not, you, you said that it's not a big deal. Valentine's Day isn't a big deal. She's used to that. So, you know, it's, I don't think she's worried about spending money. No, but then my birthday is just a couple of days afterwards. And maybe she's thinking to herself, like, you know what? Let me get out of this mess before, like, you know, there's a birthday and do stuff and go uh, places. And... I think you're overthinking it. Really? So you just think I'm, <laughs> you think I'm being broken up? You mean him period. overthinking? What would ev- Why yeah. would that ever be the case? Never. Yeah. I'm an overanalyzer. I admit it. That's what's going to get you dumped, bro. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Bro. Girls don't. I, I mean, like, girls don't want all that. Don't want all that. You're too much drama already yes. in your own head. Yeah. Look, women can be drama. Mm-hmm. And I say can because not all women are drama. We overthink. We do all the things. We don't need another one. Yes, she's right. <laughs> right? Like, we don't need my... Like, if I had my boyfriend... Be the overthinker and do Oof. all what you do? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. hell. We would have been done a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, like the first sight of drama. <laughs> it's like, bye. What I don't do need I that. Do, what, what am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, does she, if she ever listened to the show. Oh, I'm, God. Geez. Thank God she doesn't, man. Yeah. <laughs> she would have been so dumping you. Oh, my God. She'd be ago. so pissed at me you right now. She's like, who's, like, she's like, who's this Chris guy that wants you to break up with me? Uh, yeah, but there's so many things that going back months and months that, that she, that years now. Yeah. <laughs> probably would have broken up with you over a long time ago just like oh my god is this guy serious right now well i'll tell you this i i always say this to i said it to my ex-wife back in the day i say it to my girlfriend currently i and i'll say it to jennifer aniston eventually and oh, okay see that, that's another problem that's you dumped right <laughs> yeah, there exactly. take stuff like that that's well, where your well, broken heart is coming well, from i'm gonna tell you is this just what i say to my my girlfriend and i said it to my ex-wife back in the day do not listen to the show that's all. Just don't listen. Yeah. I actually agree with you on that. Like, if when I've dated guys when I've been on air, I'm like, just don't. Just don't listen. Please right. and thank you. Just don't yeah. listen. I would it's even that you don't. go so far as to say, like, don't date somebody that's, like, a huge sports fan because, you know, which you don't, only because, like, you know, the last thing you want to do sometimes when you get home from work is talk about sports. And, like, it's cool if they're into it, but if they're not, it's, it's kind of, for me, well, it's worked flip out better. Side is, the flip yeah. side might be true as well. Hey, if you're if you're a female... Or in this case, you know, my girlfriend, don't date a guy like me whose life is sports. Because, like, I'll get off the air and she'll be like, okay, let's go to dinner. I'm like, okay, great, let's go. And then we go to a place. She's like, oh, we came here so you could watch the Laker game. I'm like, yeah, I need to watch the Laker game. I've done that be way before I worked in sports radio. Like, I, it was a Valentine's Day a lot, a lot of the times. You know, All Star Weekend was around Valentine's Day. And I would make sure that the restaurant we were going to, I was able to watch the game. I've mm-hmm. always, I've always told yeah, but- many of my male friends, it takes a saint of a woman to marry a guy who works in like sports media because they have to make a lot of sacrifices. You know? Yeah. Well, well. Which so I mean. one of my favorite movies is a movie with Billy Crystal um, called Forget Paris. Uh-huh. Um, it's it, it's like a super funny romantic comedy mm-hmm. with Deborah Winger and Billy Crystal. 
And long story, have you ever seen the movie or no? I have, yeah. yeah it's been yeah. a long time. Yeah, but it's a hilarious movie. Um, and there comes a time, you know, they there he meets this woman, right? Long story short, and they they're together, then they break up, and they're together, and they break up, or whatever. And when in when they're together, like you know, he's telling like his he's a he's an NBA a referee is the is the storyline. And to Lindsay's point, um, and you know, working in sports is tough. And he was like saying, "Oh, I might leave refereeing," you know. Uh, whatever her name, Deborah Winger's character's name is, uh, you know, maybe it's best if I leave. And he's like, oh, I could never do that. And he's like, you know, his like grumpy old uh, referee counterpart basically says, look, either she gets it or she doesn't. And if she doesn't get you, then forget it. Like, move on. And then he's like, what are you saying? He's like, I'm saying to move on. <laughs> and, you know, that the person needs to get it. You know, like that's the reality of it. I'm not saying Rachel doesn't get it, but no, I'm just well, saying she's, she's super excited though for the Super Bowl on Sunday. Not because she's yeah. excited about the game; she's yeah. excited for the Super Bowl to be over and football season to be over, so we can get our weekends back. Because every Sunday, all I want to do is go to a bar and restaurant and watch games, or yeah. sit at home oh, and watch no. games. No, no, dude, that's too much. I love sports, and I, you know, watch stuff on my phone or check scores sometimes. But you got to have a life outside. Yeah, of uh, here, here's what I would say. I mean, generally speaking, you know, the Rams and Chargers play at one o'clock. Like, you could do stuff in the morning. Can't waking up. Come on. That was it. It takes too much effort. Too much effort. Can't waking up. Let's be real. Really? Oh, I thought I had to watch all the games. I mean, why do you just have to watch football, all the games? Football is just a habit. I mean, you? honestly, you know what I do? I Tell mean, me. I'm usually like running errands and stuff early in the day, and then I just make sure I'm home for the witching hour of those first games, um, you know, and watch the red zone. The witching hour is basically the fourth quarter. Yeah. Like, that. that's just in, in insanity is going on, right? So it's like, you know, just injected into my veins as every game is close, basically. Um, like, that's it. Like, I'm home in time to watch – the witching hour i'm done with whatever errands even i'm doing at the house sometimes i'll just be working out and yeah maybe i'll have a like on like an ipad or something in the garage but i'm not like intently watching it and then fourth quarter i'm locked in because i'm like this is insane like let me watch this but i also have a wife who doesn't care like well she right, works about valentine's in the, day she also works in the media like she just gets it mm-hmm. you know she's yeah. produced news most of her life like she gets it so. well look i'm i'm excited as well Football season will come to an end. There will be yeah. that little hangover of like, oh, my yeah. God, what do I do on my Sundays without football? But then yeah. you'll get your life back and you'll, you know, like for me, anyway. I will Not be- me, dude. I'm about to get real busy with the NBA kicking up on the weekends oh, now. now it's, thank goodness. It's you, you go yeah. deal with that. I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. Well, you better be watching. It'll be drama. I'll watch. All right. I'll watch, speaking, of, speaking of which, all right, yeah. Linz, let's go through these. Uh, all right, real quick. I got the Rams to win the game, but I'm going to take the Bengals plus the four and a half. Cap, what do you got? I'm also going to take the Bengals to cover. I've got the Rams winning 34-31. All right, so, Linz, let's go through these quickly. We'll, I'll go, just we'll do a fire through here. them. All right, what yeah. will be the first scoring play of the game? Field goal, touchdown, or the field? Anything else? Cap? I'm going to say the first score of the game is going to be a touchdown. All right. Sedano? Uh, I, will all, I will go field goal. How about that? Okay. Uh, will any quarter be scoreless, yes or no? Cap? Yes, first quarter, scoreless. Okay. No. No, no, no. Okay, we'll go, go on opposite. All right, uh, Matthew Stafford, number of interceptions over under 0.5. Cap? Over. All right. Under. All right. Uh, Joe Burrow, same thing. Number of interceptions over 0.5. Cap? Over. Over. All right, last one here. What color liquid will be poured on the winning coach of the Super Bowl? 
<laughs> Red, lime slash green slash yellow, orange, blue, clear, or purple. Purple's got the longest odds. I'm going to say blue because it's going to be the Rams. I'm going to go lime, green, yellow because I've got three choices. Okay. Oh, that's good. Smart. All right, we're done here. Kaplan, don't get broken up with. Have a great week and enjoy the game. I'm going to try not to. Great week, everybody. So much love. We'll see you on Monday. Go Rams. All right. Great job, Lindsay and Laura. We will talk to you on Monday. See ya.